You're listening to Redemption City Church. For more information, check us out at redemptioncitychurch.com. Good morning, Redemption City Church. Great to see you all. Thank you for joining us. However, this is coming to you, YouTube Live or Facebook Live. We are absolutely delighted that you've chosen to be with us this morning. Um, we're going to continue our series, uh, Being the Church, and our little mini-series within that series. Um, and so over the last two weeks, we've looked at, at these two subjects. Uh, the first week was our message, and uh, we said clearly that our message is the gospel. I'm a firm believer that the church really only should have one message, and that message really is the gospel. And then our mission is to take that gospel to the nations of the earth. And uh, this morning we're going to look at our mandate. So mission, uh, sorry, message, mission, mandate, and uh, here we go. So Luke uh, chapter 4, verse 18 says this, Jesus went through Nazareth where he had been brought up on the Sabbath day. He went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unfolding it, he found a place. And now that's important for us. This wasn't just a random reading. This wasn't Jesus just flipping through the scriptures and landing on something. He found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, what we've got to understand about this text is simply this, is that this is, in essence, Jesus launching his public ministry. And he's done it very deliberately. He found the place and spoke these things out to those that were around him. And so if we just break that text down a little bit real quick, it says this, the Spirit of the Lord is on me to preach the good news to the poor. Now, in saying that, Jesus wasn't simply talking about the economically or financially poor. He was also talking about the spiritually and emotionally poor. It says recovery of sight for the blind. And again, we know Jesus did heal um, blind people, were touched and healed by Jesus. But he's also speaking about the spiritually blind. And then he goes on to say, he has sent me to proclaim the freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, release of the oppressed. And as we read through the Gospels, we see this that Jesus would hang out and minister to the tax collectors and the sinners, the Pharisees and the prostitutes. He valued and ministered to and showed concern for every single person he came into contact with. And basically, he spent a lot of time hanging out, ministering to, showing concern for people that had been sidelined by the organized church of that day or organized religion of that day. Uh, but I want to be so bold as to say this to you, my friends. I'm convinced of this, that basically nothing has changed. That actually there are numbers of groups of people, whether they be subsets, subgroupings, whatever, that would not set foot in most churches today. Because whether by perception or by reality, they feel like they've been marginalized. They feel like they're not good enough. They feel like the church doesn't care about them. And so I want to read another text, Mark 1 verse 36. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. And I, I honestly do believe there's some element of truth still to that in our day. I believe people want to see an authentic Christ. They want to see an authentic Messiah. Um, everyone is looking for you. And in verse 38, Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else 
to nearby villages so that I can preach there also, for that is why I have come. And so he traveled through Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. And I want to say this, man, Jesus did not wait for people to come to him. He went to them from village to village, marketplace to synagogue, private homes and public places, at the lake, in the temple, at wedding feasts and funerals, wherever there were lost, hurt, broken people. As we read through the Gospels, that's where we find Jesus, right amongst them. The Good Shepherd is always on the lookout for lost sheep. There was no one in, that Jesus ever met, that Jesus ever locked eyes with. There was not a single person that was not of deep concern to him. And so five years ago, uh, in the transition, this was the question we felt like God asked us. Will you allow me to show you what I can do through a church that truly loves broken people? And I want to say this, friends, that, that statement or that question that the Lord asked us, 100% absolutely had a church-wide implication. It, it has implication to how we lead, to what we value, to all of those things. It definitely has a church-wide application. But I want to say this, friends, it also has to have an individual application. I want to say this, our, man, our mandate as followers of Christ is that we are called to follow His example and His ways. We're called to be concerned about what He was concerned about and to live a life that mirrors His. Luke 19 verse 10, I quote it often, but it says this, The Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. And the NIV Study Bible says this about that scripture. It says this was an important summary of the reason that Jesus came to the earth. Now Jesus long ago returned to the Father, and He will remain with the Father until the time appointed for Him to come back to the earth and uh, be uh, united with His bride. But until then, friends, until Jesus comes back, he has left us on this earth to preach his message, the gospel, to complete his mission of taking that gospel to all nations and to fulfill his mandate, which is to live the life that he lived, to be concerned about the things that he was concerned about, to value the things that he valued. Um, and so as we looked at that text, we just see Jesus moving from place to place. Moving from place to place, going to these places. We mentioned them, funerals and wedding feasts and all of these things. And I want to say again, man, he did not wait for people to come to him. He went to people. That has to be the mandate on the life of every single believer. I want to tell you, friends, sadly, in, in, our, in our circles in the last week, one in our immediate circle and then one kind of like a little bit of an extended circle, we've seen two young people in their 20s die. Uh, one was killed in a, in a car wreck, a rollover car wreck, and one of an overdose. I, I want to tell you, those are, those are tough times. I pray for the young people in our church. Some of them are really struggling. Some of them are, are, are well known. Those kids were well known to them, and, and they really are struggling with, with those things. But I want to say this, man. It is not the day for us to hold back on the gospel. It's not the day for us to be casual or lack concern or lack motivation to go to those people that are lost hurt and broken. If we are going to be followers of Christ, that means we follow him in every aspect of his life. And a huge aspect of his life was this, this absolute concern for lost, hurt, broken people and a commitment to go where they were rather than simply waiting for him to come, waiting for them to come to him. For the sake of those who do not know Jesus, friends, we cannot hold back. We cannot wait for them to come to us. 
You and I have to go to them. We have to go to them as Jesus did. Show concern for them as Jesus did. Offer them hope through the gospel as Jesus did. I'm convinced of this. That is exactly what it means to be a follower of Christ. Our message is the gospel. Our mission is to take the gospel to all nations. And that definitely includes our neighbors, our neighborhoods, our friends, our co-workers, those in our spheres of influence, including uh, family and friends. But our mandate, friends, is to do it the way Jesus did it. And that is for us to go to them with the love of Christ. Can I pray for you real quick? Father, we love you and we bless you. We thank you, Lord, that you have counted us worthy of being involved in, in a project as great as to get the gospel, your gospel out to the nations of the world. I love where that text started in, in Luke chapter 4. The Spirit of the Lord is on me to preach the good news. And I pray for an anointing, Father, to come on all those who call themselves followers of Christ. An anointing. The gospel will not be advanced by human effort, but an anointing that changes our hearts for the people we see around us, Lord. That we would not be, we would not be cautious or play it safe, but we would be so bold as to speak, as to reach out, as to demonstrate your love and concern for lost, hurt, broken people. Father, lead us, guide us, stir us, anoint us for this task, we pray, Father, in Jesus' name. God bless you, my friends. Please don't forget those two emails, uh, prayer at redemptioncitychurch.com. If you've got a prayer need for anything, please reach out. We'd love to pray for you. And then rccares at redemptioncitychurch.com. If you've got any kind of financial need or any kind of practical, physical need, we'd love to be able to get there and help you. So uh, wonderful. Thanks again for joining us and uh, look forward to being with you soon.